Let's go to our Father in prayer. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for today. We pray that your blessings would be upon us. Father, we pray that we would experience you more fully, that we would hear from you, and that we would grow to be more and more in the image of your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, we pray all these things in your holy name. Amen. All right, I want you to imagine for a few moments that you are a Jew living in the days of Jesus. Um, life is not particularly good for you in this environment. Uh, there are Roman soldiers marching all through the land that is supposed to be our land. Uh, the tax burden is pretty great. A large portion of our taxes go to support the temple. Um, and another huge chunk of taxes go all the way uh, west out to Rome. And we know that all that money is being used to fund pure paganism and we can't stand it. Also, uh, if you are living in the days of Jesus, things are culturally becoming more and more Hellenistic as the Greek way of doing things is what everybody is doing these days. In your world, it is getting harder and harder to maintain your Jewish covenant identity. Now, I know it's hard for us as modern people, but I want you to imagine living in a world where taxes are too high uh, and the culture seems to be making it hard for us to live as people of God, right? But you have hope because you are part of the covenant people of God. Okay, you know that God is still at work in the world, and you want nothing more than to receive blessings from God and be part of his kingdom. Okay, doesn't that sound good? Because uh, you know no matter what else is going wrong in the world around you, no matter what else you may have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis, if we get to be part of the kingdom of God Almighty, if we get to receive blessings from God, then everything's going to be okay. So, then the question is, how do we do those things? Right? How do we get where we want to be with our lives. Well, in the first century world, you've got options. Okay, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, they say, do you really want God's blessings? Do you really want to get where you want to be? Then what you need to do is do Torah harder. Okay, memorize more scripture. Uh, the Bible says you should fast once a week. We'll fast twice a week. Scripture says we should give a tithe back to God. We'll tithe not just our produce. We'll even tithe on our salt and pepper. Okay? Whatever we have to do, we need to do it harder. We need to do our religion harder. We need to work harder at this thing. And if we do that hard enough, then God will bless us. We'll be part of his kingdom. And what we need to do is practice our religion as hard as we can. Okay? The Sadducees, they say, no, that's not the way it works. It's not about doing your religion harder. It's about evolving and better matching up with the real world that we live in. Okay? We can't oppose culture. We've got to learn how to get along with it. And so by gaining more and more secular power and more influence, we can learn how to maintain our identity alongside all of these other people. Okay, if you really want God's blessing, it's not about doing your religion harder. It's about learning how to evolve with the times. Okay, the Essenes, they live out in the desert, and they say neither one of those is right. What we really need to do is focus on purity. 
So instead of interacting with all of these pagan cultures at all, what we're going to do is we're going to go out and live in the desert away from everyone else and maintain our distinctiveness away from all of those other polluting influences around us. You really want to be a part of God's kingdom? You want to get blessings from God? Then get out. Withdraw. Separate yourself. And those are the main Jewish groups in Jesus' day, but there are some other options. Uh, There were some Jews, a number of Jews, who just abandoned the idea of God altogether. They said, apparently this old religion doesn't work in a modern world, and so we'll just go pagan along with everyone else. After all, the Romans and the Greeks seem to be winning, so why don't we just join with what they're doing? Some, like the Sicarii, uh, they thought that the best way to get part of God's kingdom and to get his blessings was through violence. Right? Maybe if we kill as many Gentiles as possible, that'll bring about the revolution. Okay, some Jews bought into the various Greek philosophy schools. Okay, but unless you had completely abandoned your heritage, unless you decided to just go full pagan, everybody was trying to follow Scripture to one degree or another, and they all sought to answer the question, how do I get the blessings of God? How do I get to be part of the kingdom of God? Right? How do we get where we want to be? And so along comes Jesus, and to a very beleaguered, questioning people, asking this question, he says this, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Okay, so, do you want to get your life from where it is to where you want it to be? Do you want to be on the receiving end of the blessings of God? Okay, here's the secret. You can't work hard enough for it. You can't adapt enough to the culture around you. Uh, You certainly can't withdraw from the world to find it out in the desert. You obviously won't get there through violence or force. Okay, how do we get the blessings of God's kingdom? You get it by God doing it for you. Ask, seek, and knock. And yet I contend this morning, we are very good as people um, at taking something that should be pretty simple, and we make it really complicated. Is that fair? Uh, As some of you may have noticed, a few of you commented on it this morning, uh, I've spent quite a bit of time recently going around with my volunteer lists, uh, and I am trying to get people to sign up for various things. We're doing children's classes, we're doing children's worship, uh, I just finished doing all the stuff for VBS, and then even the Wednesday night rainbow class for the kids. Debbie dropped that on me too Wednesday, right? Um, And so I've been going around and twisting arms and making promises and even issuing threats where I need to, trying to get all of you to sign up on all my lists for the various different things. Okay, we're at the point now where if I haven't talked to you yet, you probably want to avoid me in the foyer after service this morning because I'm likely to sign up your name on something, right? I've spent a lot of time recently, for a variety of reasons, asking people for stuff. Now, Uh, If I'm being completely honest with you, I don't really like asking people for stuff. How many of you like having to ask for things? You like having to go around and ask for help on stuff, ask other people to do stuff for you? Okay, I don't want to bother people. Uh, I don't want to put people in a position where they might say no to me. Uh, Nobody likes rejection. 
Uh, I don't want to impose on other people's time and attention. Now, you may protest at this point and say, you preach for a living, but that's totally different, right? Whenever I preach, I just throw stuff out here and you do with it what you want to do. But when you're getting one-on-one with people, eyeball to eyeball, and asking them for stuff, that's a lot harder, and I don't really like doing it. Is that fair? A bunch of you are nodding at me, you know what I'm talking about, and the rest of you are asleep, and that's okay too. All right. All right. But do you know who has absolutely no problem asking for things from me? My children. Dad, can you get me a drink? Dad, will you read me a book? Dad, will you get out in the freezing cold and build me a snowman? Dad, can you come tuck me in? Dad, can I drive your car? Do our kids hesitate to ask for things, no matter how outlandish the request, how small the request, or even whether or not the request makes sense? You know, they don't hesitate at all. If they want something, if they even think they might want something, they will ask me about it. And, in part, the difference between my reluctance to ask for things and their exuberance in asking for stuff is that they are under no illusion whatsoever that they can take care of themselves. They know the only way that they will get that toy or the food that they want or get from our house to wherever they want to go is if I will help them with it. Uh, They don't have any money. Now, Sam thinks he has money right now because he just got a dollar from the tooth fairy, but that's the whole of his bankroll, right? They can't drive, they can't do any of these things, and so they have no problem recognizing their complete dependence on me and their mother, and so they ask, and they ask freely for whatever they want. I, on the other hand, I like to live in this fantasy world where I think that I can take care of myself. Right? I don't want to ask for things because I'm a big boy and I can do it myself. I shouldn't need to ask for things. Any of the rest of you have any uh, trouble with your independence getting you in trouble occasionally? You think you're going to do it your own way? A few of you are in denial. That's okay too. Okay, but notice what Jesus says in this next section on the Sermon on the Mount. Right after he says, ask, seek, and knock. He says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? That'd be a terrible parent right there, right? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? Okay, so what does Jesus say? Okay, this is one of those situations where I need to learn from my own children. Okay, how do we ask and ask freely to a God who gives and gives freely? Now, uh, some people have gotten bent out of shape by Jesus calling us evil in verse 11. Uh, But I don't think he's saying that we're incapable of doing anything good. I think what he's saying is, is compared to God, how am I? Yeah, I'm pretty evil, right? Um, And so if we realize how good God is and how loving God is, we should have absolutely no hesitation in asking God for anything and everything. Okay, If I, as a very imperfect dad, know how to give my kids what they need and even often what they want, how much more does God know exactly how to give us good gifts? If you could have faith that your very imperfect parents wanted good things for you, then how much more faith can we have that an all-loving, all-powerful God wants to give good things to us? So, if all of that is true, then how often should you and I spend time in prayer asking God for stuff? Uh, If we're asking the question, how do I get my life to where I want it to be, I think Jesus would probably respond to us with the question, 
well, how's your prayer life? You know, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and I went back to try to look and find out who said it, but I couldn't find out the origin of it. But this was a quote that I really liked a lot. It says, the more I pray, the more coincidences happen. Okay, because here's my thing. The reason I like this quote is I'm just a guy trying to figure it out. Uh, And I've met people who thought that God was involved in every single little thing in their lives, right? If they find an extra fry in their McDonald's bag, they're like, man, that's a blessing from God. Uh, And then there's other people who we're basically walking around as deists, and we say, well, God's going to do what God's going to do. He's the all-sovereign God, so who am I to think that my prayers are going to change the course of the sovereign Lord of all creation, right? Uh, And so here's where I'm at. I don't know how often things in my life happen because they were going to happen that way anyways, or how often things in my life happen the way they happen because I spent time in prayer about those things. But I do know that the more I pray, the more coincidences happen, right? So I like this quote, and I like it a lot. I think that if we ask, it will be given. If we seek, we will find. And if we knock, the door will be opened. So here's what I want to do with the rest of our time this morning. Uh, I want us to ask the question, what prevents us from praying like we should? Okay, what prevents us from asking God freely? What prevents us from constantly going to God in prayer and asking for things both big and small, whatever we need in our lives? What prevents us from, ask, from acting more like my kids do towards me, where they are free to ask anything and everything, all the time, constantly, and incessantly? Okay. All right, so here's number one. If you're taking notes, I'll have to do some space to write these down. Okay, number one is I feel like God is distant. Okay, I feel like God is distant. Uh, Whenever I was a kid growing up, I only had one grandfather, and I never really felt like I could talk to him. Uh, He and I never sat down and had a heart-to-heart conversation. He lived quite a ways away. I only saw him a few times a year, and he didn't like kids particularly well. He wasn't good with kids at all, didn't talk to kids. I loved my grandmother dearly, talked to her a lot, had a really close relationship with her. But for my grandfather, we never got close. On the other hand, my dad and I were really close. He was really good with kids. We spent a whole lot of time together, um, and I always felt like I could go and talk to my dad about anything and everything. All right, I think some of us treat God more like the grandfather of that story than we do the father. I think the biggest thing that prevents us from praying like we should is, quite honestly, we don't know God that well. We are distant from him. We haven't spent enough time with him. We haven't gotten to know him well enough. We haven't developed the kind of relationship where we feel like we can talk to him about anything and everything. Okay? Now, I love my grandfather. I'm sure that if I had gone to him and talked to him about anything and everything, he would have listened to it and responded pretty well with it. But I was never close enough with him to have that kind of relationship where I wanted to. That all make sense? I think one of the things that would help our prayer lives more than anything else is if we would develop closer intimacy with God. And the only way that we're going to get there is the same way we develop intimacy with anybody else. And that is we've got to spend the time doing it. Right? You can't get close to somebody that you don't spend a lot of time with. And so for some of us, the best thing that we could ever do to improve our prayer lives is to do more of a discipline where we pray regularly, where we get into the habit of doing it and making it part of our daily lives, 
where we just spend time with God. And the more time we will spend with God over time, we'll get to where we're closer to him. And the closer we get to him, the more we can pray for anything and everything. That all work? All right. And uh, don't hear me wrong, this is not like the Pharisees where they felt like they could just do their religion harder and then God would love them more. Okay, I'm talking about how the more time we will devote to spending with God, the closer we will feel with him. And I think that's a different thing than just doing religion harder. Does that work? Okay. Number next. Second thing that I think prevents us from asking and seeking and knocking like we should uh, is that for some reason, I feel like I should restrict my prayers to the things I really need. In other words, it feels too worldly to pray to God about every little thing, right? I'm trying to be spiritual and mature in my life, and so God only wants me to pray for things like wisdom and patience and spiritual fortitude, okay? But when my kids ask for stuff from me, how often do they limit it to stuff that they really need? Yeah, not at all, right? I think we need to learn how to pray for our wants, And God is not going to be offended at that any more than I'm offended when my sons ask me for things that they don't really need. They ask me for stuff all the time. Just about every other day, Sam's asking me for a new Nintendo Switch game. And even though I tell him no a lot, am I ever offended at that? Not at all. We need to learn how to approach God the same way that our kids can approach fathers that love them. Uh, And so what are the things that I don't want my kids to feel comfortable talking to me about? What's on that list? Yeah, there's nothing on that list, right? I always want my kids to bring everything to me. Uh, Just yesterday, Sam couldn't wait to bring me a handful of snow from outside. First thing he did when he got up is he ran outside and got some snow, and he comes and shows it to me in the middle of the living room, and I'm like, really, I don't want that in here. Okay, but I was there for it, right? I wanted him to have that experience with me. I wanted to be there for him in that, even though it was a little thing and it didn't really matter. I'm here for that because I know that the more he's comfortable talking with me about little stuff that doesn't matter, the more likely he'll be later in his life to talk to me about the stuff that really does matter, right? And if I was the kind of dad that told him, well, I don't want you bringing that for me, okay, then what's going to happen when he's a teenager and real things are happening? Things he really needs to talk to me about, right? I want to develop a close relationship with him now and talk to him about anything and everything now so when it really does matter later, we can have that kind of relationship and that kind of conversation. I think God wants the same thing with us. I think I need to learn how to pray with God about even all the little bitty stuff in my life if I'm ever going to have any hope of having a really intimate relationship with him where I can bring him all my big stuff. Okay? All right. Number three. Is I feel... Like there are bigger things on God's agenda. Who am I to interrupt the almighty God, Lord of all creation, creator of the universe, with my little stuff? God's got bigger things going on. Did you know there's conflict in the Middle East? Did you know there are people dying in hospitals this morning? Did you know that there are huge things going on, even in the lives of the people in this room, and if all of that is true, then who am I to say, you know what, I got a phone call I got to make right now, and I'm kind of nervous about it, so maybe I should pray about it before I make that phone call. I mean, surely God's got bigger things on his mind than my little annoyances. Okay. Now, I bring up the phone call thing because that happened to me this week. Um, as I was writing this point on my sermon, uh, I was thinking about a phone call that I had to make that I didn't want to make um, because I don't know about some of you, I'm really good at avoiding conflict. Um, That's one of my strongest skill sets. I'm a master at avoiding conflict. And I had to make a phone call, and there was going to be some conflict associated with the phone call. Don't worry, it's nobody you know. And so as I'm getting ready to make this phone call, I was like, 
I should pray about this. I'm writing a sermon about how to take everything before God, so I should probably take this to God too. Okay? And so I had a little talk with Jesus, uh, and we talked about it, and then I had to make my phone call, um, and it all went really, really well. Okay? Now, again, I don't know how the phone call would have gone if I hadn't prayed about it beforehand, but I'm pretty sure that I have a Father in heaven who wants me to talk about even that stuff with him. Right? Back when I was in college... Uh, I was teaching a class of little kids along with some other college students. We used to have a group of us. We would go down into uh, a really rough part of Oklahoma City um, and, and teach a, a Wednesday night Bible class with a bunch of kids that would come in, and most of them were from pretty broken home situations. Um, and so I'm there with some other college kids, and we asked the kids, what are we going to pray for tonight? What are your prayer requests? Um, and you get the normal things with little kids, like one said, oh, can you pray for my dog because I love my dog so much? And one kid said, oh, I've got an owie on my finger. And another kid said, well, I've got PE tomorrow. And I'm like, are you just letting me know, or is that a prayer request of some kind? We don't really know. That's fine, but it still goes on the list. And you've got all these normal little kid things on the prayer list. And then this one little girl raises her hand, and she says, can we pray for my daddy? I said, yeah, we can pray for your dad. What's going on with your dad? She said, I don't know what it means, but my mom told me that dad is going to federal prison. Can we pray for that? Absolutely, little girl, we can pray for that. So that went on the list. Now, is her dad going to federal prison more important than the kid that had PE the next day? Absolutely. But did all of that go on the list, and did God care about all of those things? Absolutely. Okay, we need to become the kind of people that take anything and everything before our Father in prayer. Okay? All right. One final thought, and then we will close. One of the things that will help us do this and make this more of a practice in our lives where we will pray to God about anything and everything is if we will remember the follow-up Thanksgiving. Now, here's my confession to you this morning. Uh, it was earlier in the week that I said my prayer about the phone call that I was worried about and had to have the conflict with the lady on the other end of the line, and I had the conflict, and it went really well, went even better than I expected. Um, and it was several hours later as I was continuing to work on this sermon that I was writing out this point, and then I thought, oh yeah, thank you, Lord, for helping that phone call go so well, right? Because how often do we in our lives forget to come back around and acknowledge the giver of all good gifts? And I think part of what will help us develop in our prayer lives and develop in our relationship with God is if we will take the time to remember that follow-up thanksgiving, make that more of a daily habit that we have, and not just the generic, oh, thank you, God, for all my blessings, but actually getting specific with it and going through the things that we have prayed for. And I think that will continue to encourage us to take more and more stuff before God in prayer. The promise Jesus gives us is that if we will ask, seek, and knock, we will find the blessings of God Almighty. He wants to bless us. He loves us like a father loves his children. He loves us better than any of our fathers could ever have loved us. And we need to take him at his word. All right. Uh, at this time in our service, we are going to sing a few verses of an invitation song. During the singing of this song, I will be down front. One of our shepherds will be down front. Uh, this is a time in our service where we as the church want to be here for you. Uh, any cares or concerns that you have, we would love to talk with you about them, pray with you about them. We would love to tell you more about following in the way of Jesus. Uh, whatever we can help you with, uh, we want to do that during this next song. And before we sing that, I'd like to close us with a word of blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you. 
May the Lord be gracious to you and give you peace. Let's stand and sing.